Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for being here. Another great guest. I'm interviewing Charmaine Teodoro. Now, this one I, I need to give a little bit of background with. I watched a documentary, a short little documentary on YouTube. I'm sure we've all kind of gotten sucked into those about all kinds of stuff. Uh, but this particular one was about how the American education system, um, we, we've got kind of a, an interesting thing going where there's a lot of rural schools out there, you know, in these small communities all across the country, which obviously we, we know a lot about the the big schools and the big towns and the big communities, but most schools you know, in the country are rural. Most schools are in small communities. Um, and some of them have issues finding teachers. You know, when we've got communities with, um, you know, a couple hundred students that are all the way from kindergarten to high school, um, it's, it's hard to find teachers in that area um, given that there's so so few people there to begin with, um, people that are, are qualified to teach, and not only that, given that they're so small, they need to be qualified to teach large portions, not just high school, sometimes middle school, high school. Some are so small that they're, they're teaching all math or all English or all science from you know K through 12. Um, so what I, what I found from this documentary is a lot of school communities and, and uh, districts are finding teachers overseas. They are, you know, they're kind of outsourcing their, their teaching. Um, this particular documentary followed um, Charmaine and her journey from the Philippines to Julesburg, Colorado, um, where she became the math teacher for seventh grade all the way up to 12th grade. Um, I thought it was a really interesting documentary to learn about, you know, going from a, a really large city in the Philippines to, you know, this small little community um, in Colorado up up near, um, I believe, the Nebraska line, um, just a, a very small community. We're going to talk about that, um, but I just think that it would be such a, a, a different experience to go from the hustle and bustle of a, a vibrant, you know, Asian town to you know this this small little community in Colorado so I wanted to speak with her a little bit more about that I wanted to talk to her about why she thought it was um, the case that you know these communities are, are having so much issue finding teachers um, and and having to bring people you know all the way from from somewhere else um, to to get a, a teacher um, I think you'll you'll find it interesting what she says um, I think that it's, it kind of just goes to show some of the issues that we have in our education system in America. Um, the you know it, it's so great that that the kids of Julesburg and and a lot of other small communities get to to meet these people from other cultures because obviously when you're in a small community there's not a, a ton of diversity. So it's really cool that that um, you know that they've had this opportunity to to meet Charmaine and and a lot of other other, other teachers. Um, but the reasons that it it's needed um, to to bring people over is not a good one for for any of us, I don't believe, um, and and that includes teachers that are 
are here in small communities that, you know, grew up in those communities. Um, you know, we'll talk about it, but I don't think it's any secret that a lot of it has to do with, you know, these small communities just don't have the ability to, to pay very well. And the structure that we have in education here is just doesn't reward um, teachers enough. Um, I, I don't think that, that that should be a very controversial you know, statement to make. I, I try not to make too many opinions in, in this uh, podcast, but you know, uh, if I'm going to start making opinions, I think the first one is that teachers deserve to be to be paid uh, a fair wage to to educate our, our future. Um, so I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Really enjoyed hearing about the differences between Filipino students because she did teach in the Philippines before she came here. Um, the differences between American and Filipino students. The difference between America and the Philippines as a whole. Um, just a little bit about her experiences as a teacher. Uh, it was a really cool conversation. Um, really enjoyed speaking with her. Um, without further ado, here is my interview with Charmaine Teodoro. I am here today with Charmaine Teodoro. How are you, Charmaine? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Jackson. Absolutely. Thanks for joining me. So I guess the best first question before we get into you know your move to the United States and, and teaching here, tell us just a little bit about yourself as a whole, whether it's, you know, back home or, or just you as a whole? Well, I was born and raised in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I never moved out of the house when I went to college. And that's just the culture in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, when I moved to the United States, that's the first time that I actually lived on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, personality wise, I could say that I'm really an introvert. Mm-hmm. I like staying in. But Also, one of my hobbies before, you know, the pandemic was to travel. And I really love exploring different places from time to time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you're talking about being an introvert. You you kind of stayed at home until you moved here. So what made you decide to to take that big leap and and move to the United States and and begin, I guess, a kind of a teaching role here in in rural America? Um, I taught in the Philippines for four years prior to moving here. And I felt like I have given what I could to the previous school that I was employed in. And I've learned so much from them as well. And so I was looking for something new. I was looking for something challenging. Mm -hmm. And I saw this um, post on the internet that looked that a school district was looking for teachers, for math teachers specifically. So I applied and I got accepted. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the rest is history. So what, I mean, yeah. what, did, what did your, what did your family think? Obviously they had, they had had you in, in the house for, for so long. What did they think when you were now not just moving you know, across city, but you were moving to a whole new country and starting a whole new path. I'm sure they were happy for you, but were they also mm-hmm. a little nervous? <laughs> Of course they were, but um, I have an older sister Hmm. who also did the same move, but she went to Dubai and she's still living there. Hmm. And also I think um, working abroad is not, it's not something new to the Filipinos. Mm -hmm. It's very common to help our families. So yeah, they were nervous, but they finally accepted it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So in the Philippines, you said that you had been teaching for four years. Was it in, in a math focused or was it, was it something else? Yeah, um, I was teaching math. I taught for one year in a Catholic school, private school. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to a public high school for three years. 
I got you. I got you. So the way that I obviously was first introduced to your story was watching that uh, VOA documentary that was that short documentary that was about you and your your move to the United States and, and kind of taking over a role in a rural system that I guess it wasn't something I even knew too much about. So I wanted to to uh, to dive into that here in just a little bit. But how did you how did you get approached, or how did the whole documentary on the VOA um, happen? Um, before the VOA, there was a news article also about mm-hmm. teacher shortage mm-hmm. with a focus in Colorado, and I was part of that news article as well. Mm-hmm. And so this journalist from Washington D.C., his name is Deepak Dobhal, he was searching for something to write on in Colorado. And he said the first thing that came up was that that article. And so he looked me up and he sent me an email asking me if I would be willing to do this documentary. And I just said, yeah, I could do it. That would be interesting. So this is just as easy as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what, uh, I guess, what's some of the, the biggest, uh, I don't know, cultural shocks when, when you moved here, because, and there's, I mean, there's an extra amount of shock, I think, to it based off of living in, I don't know where you lived in the Philippines, but living in kind of the hustle and bustle of, of the Philippines, and then not just moving to America and like a, you know, a busy city, but moving to a rural area. So I'm sure there was quite a bit of, of cultural shock. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, on our way from, from the airport to Julesburg, Colorado, my the dean of students, she's the one who picked me up from the airport. She said, enjoy the view because you're not going to see it back home, back in, in Julesburg. And I'm like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but yeah, now I, now I finally understand what she was meaning. And that was, you know, just the, here it's a small town. And so if you want to go grab some groceries, Walmart is about 45 minute drive away, mm-hmm. which is very different from where I grew up in the Philippines, wherein, you know, it's just 500 meters to get to the nearest store to grab what you need. Mm -hmm. So that was really difficult for me. I don't see any Uber or taxis around. Yeah, Yeah, no, no public transportation, which is again, very, uh, that's, that's very different from, from Manila. Uh Uh, Trying to think of what else is different. Yeah, I guess that's it at the top of my head. That's what yeah, I can do. Yeah. So, so tell us, I guess, a little bit about Julesburg. How, how big is it? If, if I remember correctly, it's kind of up on the northern side of Cal- or excuse me, uh, Colorado by Nebraska, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. And about how big is Julesburg? I am not really sure, but <laughs> I'll try to Google it. You know, ge- geography is not my best suit. Well, that's all right. So, but, it, it, but it's a small town anyway. It's, it's, it's a small town. Yeah, it's, it's 1.514 square miles. Oh, goodness. So it's very small for sure. Mm-hmm. So what about, I mean, it, it, when we're talking about cultural differences, what about, I can't imagine, you know, we talked about this in, in the email, but, you know, my, my significant other is, is Filipino as well. And we talk all, a lot about food and we live in a big town. So we live in Indianapolis, 2 million people, but it's mm-hmm. still, she still can't get everything that she wants. I can't even imagine if, if Walmart is 45 minutes away, if you're really getting very much of any of the, you know, the, the, the 
ingredients you need to make very many Filipino dishes. Mm-hmm. So that's probably a challenge too, right? It, it is, yeah. But thankfully, I found some Filipino community here. So from okay. time to time, we would get together. They would cook Filipino food. They are Filipino moms. So, yeah. so it was really helpful to have someone like them here in the community. Uh-huh. And yeah, I do, I do have two lab tech friends in, in this town as well. They work at the hospital. So sometimes they invite me over for dinner too. Well, that's nice. That's, that's lucky that in a small town, you were still able to find a, a community of, of other Filipinos that were able to kind of take you in. Cause I know, I definitely know as far as that culture, that if, if you guys can find each other, you're going to take each other in. So I think that's really cool. So tell us just a little bit about, you know, your, your first few weeks being, you know, a teacher in, in America, what you, you said that you had experience before for four years. Um, What's what's the difference that you've seen in the American school system and the students uh, compared to you know the the Filipino school system and the students there? The main difference I could say is that American students are very vocal. They're very straightforward with what they are thinking, mm-hmm. and so they will let you know. The main difference is that. The American students are very vocal, very straightforward with what they're thinking, which in the Filipino culture, that is kind of seen as being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So if you get a grade on, say, for example, an assignment, as, Filipi- as a Filipino student, you will just accept that and just think, okay, I'll do better next time. Here <laughs> in the United States, when the kids see their grades, they would ask me, um, what can I do to improve my grade? Mm-hmm. And also during discussions, they really ask questions. In the Philippines, uh, Filipino students do ask questions, but not as much as American students do. Mm-hmm. So did, was, did you, I guess when you first came here, did you, I mean, was that, did, were you kind of taken aback by that? Or did you like it or did you dislike it? Or obviously you're used to it now, but... Mm-hmm. No, because when I remember when I was in high school, we had a visitor who were teachers in the United States, but they were also Filipinos mm-hmm. and they were sharing their experiences with us. And they said that, so they were already giving us ideas of the American education system. So I kind of have a little bit of background before coming here. And so okay. it was not shocking for the kids to be asking questions <laughs> and being vocal. Right, right. So, you know, that, that was when you, you first started. I, I think that, you know, in, in the documentary, you're also talking about kind of, and I think it kind of alludes to the same thing, that there's some issues with classroom management just because probably, you know, the kids were just a lot different, a lot more vocal. So how did you, I guess, how did you overcome that? I remember in the documentary too, I mean, you, you, I, I, I would assume you looked almost like some of the students. I think you were quite <laughs> young yourself. So how did you overcome and I guess be able to, to gain that, that respect from the students? I could say that it's the first year is always the most difficult, mm-hmm. which is also what I experienced when I was in the Philippines. The first year was always the most difficult because you have to prove yourself. You have to set boundaries and kids, when they test you, you have to show them what the limits are. And 
I guess I'm just thankful that my administrator, administrators were really backing me up with, for example, when I follow through with my rules and so I have to give consequences for kids who try to break the rules. And I just had the support from the administrators, which was a good thing. And eventually over the years, I think that my relationship with the kids has really improved since also I'm the only math teacher here. So they have had me for a few years now. And so they already know what I like. They know what I don't like to be happening in my classroom. Um, they memorize, they already know like the rules and expectations that I have from them by heart, I would say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it has been easier this past few years too. So you're the, you're the sole math teacher for, from what grade to what grade? It's from seven through 12. Oh goodness. So you, you've got a wide variety that you're, you're teaching. So, so that's, that's a good thing if if a a student likes the teacher and a really bad thing if they don't like a teacher, I guess, because they're going to continue to have them over and over and over and over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So obviously, you know, being in a, in a small town, that generally means that, you know, the students may be just a a little less, um, not just culturally diverse, but also know very much about other cultures, given that, you know, they, they're just not exposed to it as much. So how curious were they uh, when you, when, you know, you first showed up to just hear about somebody from, from somewhere else that, that looked very different than them? I, I looked at the other, you know, teachers on the website. I think that there's not a lot of diversity in, in the, you know, the, the teachers either. So, so how, how curious were they? During my first year, the Dean of Students had this awesome idea of me having a bulletin board that showcases the Filipino culture. So I did that. And when the kids saw that, they, they did ask questions because I have um, the, like what the transportation looks like, like a jeepney. I have photos of that. What can a dollar buy in the Philippines? I have mm-hmm. that information. What does a typical house look like? a typical school and things like that. And yeah, they really had lots of questions. I remember during my first year, I think it was during the last few days of the school year, they were like, can we just have a Q&A, a Q&A portion? So they were asking me questions about my culture from about the Philippines and where I came from and my family. So yeah, they were curious. Well, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So why do you think, you know, you, you talked about you know, the article being written about teacher shortages and things like that. You know, this may be a hard question, you know, to answer, but why do you think that's the case? Why do you think these rural uh, districts have issues uh, finding teachers? And then, I mean, what, why do you think that they decide to, to, I mean, I guess kind of literally outsource the teaching to other, to other countries? To tell you the truth, I believe it's the pay. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we all know that teachers not, are not paid very good, not just in the United States. I think also it's with the rest of the world. So having someone to come to the rural parts of the country is much more difficult as compared to finding someone who would teach in bigger cities. Because yeah. obviously in the bigger cities, the pay is higher. So I really think that's the main reason why. So, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of an awkward question too, but so do you think, is it the same reason that, you know, other industries hire people from, from other countries, you know, that the, the pay is not very good 
you know, compare comparatively, but, but I guess for, for people from other cultures, the pay is good or, or is why is that the case? Yeah, exactly. From the a business point of view, that is actually beneficial, more profitable, because if you outsource people from the other country and they're willing to take the job on that pay, which locals won't actually take, yeah. I think it's a win-win situation for the employer and the outsourced people. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of a, that's a whole another topic for, a, you know, a, a different <laughs> discussion, but that, that's the thing that people just don't necessarily realize. Everyone's talking about, you know, other people are taking our jobs. That's not the case. It's just the job that's sat open and open and open and no one is taking it at all. So, so, um, I, you know, I guess the next question with that would be, um, have, I mean, have you been able to, to go home since you've, since you've arrived here? Did... Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to the pandemic, I always go home during summer. I spend all my my entire summer in the Philippines, okay. just visiting my parents and going to the different islands too. Hmm. But I haven't been able to go back home in the last two years hmm. <laughs> because of everything that's happening with the world. Good. So the, the other question I would have back to, to what we were talking about a minute ago, I blinked for a second on the question I was going to ask you, but why do you think... Um, or is, is this not the case? Is there, do you see when, when uh, teachers are being outs- outsourced to other areas, is, is it typically Filipinos? Because I didn't notice in, in several different articles that that is the case. And I would assume maybe it's just because, you know, the grasp on the English language that, that Filipinos already have, or is that not necessarily the case? I think that's really an important factor. Mm-hmm like being able to express yourself fluently in the English, English language is what most superintendents are looking for. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, I would say that Filipinos are really hardworking and they really are willing to adjust and are very flexible mm-hmm. wherever you place them in the world. Like they would, they would really thrive and do what they can so that the employers will be happy or and their coworkers will be happy also. So I think that's very common with our culture too. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, how, how the students reacted. How did, how did your, your fellow faculty react to somebody coming in from, from the outside? I would say that they are very welcoming, very friendly. Yeah, they have been very welcoming and friendly. They helped me a lot during my first year, because, you know, everything is new to me. So they helped me adapt mm-hmm. to the new environment. No, that's, that's a good thing. So in, in the documentary, you, you had, you were living with a, a host family. Is that still the case? Um, you know, you talk about a housemate, so maybe you're not living with the, the same people. I don't know. Yeah, I still live with her. Okay. <laughs> I'm still living in the same house for mm-hmm. four years now. Oh, very good. Well, you guys have become a little family yourself then. Mm-hmm. And I, I, spend, I spend holidays with her. Oh, I spend cool. holidays with her family. Um, I, I mean, I guess the last question is, is just about, you know, if you were to, I mean, obviously you've enjoyed your, your, your time, but if this was four years ago and you were, were given the opportunity again, do you think you would have, have made the move? Yeah, Absolutely. I, I don't have any regrets right now. And I'm really glad that I took on the challenge to 
to do this move to go to the United States. And actually, you know, it has opened my mind with different backgrounds, different cultures, and I really understand the American education system more and also the American culture more now that I've experienced living here. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. I really appreciate your time today. I wish you nothing but the best in the future. And, uh, and, and thanks for being here. Thank you. I, I'm glad that you reached out to me about this opportunity. Absolutely. And that was my interview with Charmaine Teodoro. Hope you enjoyed that one. Really appreciated her time. Uh, really enjoyed speaking with her. Uh, it, was, it was interesting just to hear her experiences, um, both as a teacher in the Philippines and then also here uh, as a teacher in a, a rural school uh, in the middle of Colorado. Um, I think she touched on a lot of really important points in, in both um, just expanding the diversity of our, our teaching force, um, expanding the opportunities for, for teachers and, and expanding the opportunity for higher pay. Um, it, it, it was just a, a really cool conversation and, and one that I, I really appreciated um, having. Um, like, you know, the, every, every week we talk about something very different. Um, that, that's, that's definitely the case this week. You know, I, I saw this, this documentary and thought this is, this is something that I would like to learn just a little bit more about. Um, so, so we set this up. Um, so I, I appreciate her being here. I appreciate um, her insight, and I appreciate you being here this week. Um, take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.